said, please, Dynasty, we read some of it. <laughs> and then we stopped. 20,000, please, under the sheep. Okay, welcome to... 20,000 dackles under the sea. 20,000 dackles under the sea. <laughs> Story time with David and Mommy. And Pooh. Okay. And, oh, and Dackle! And Dackle! Okay, Dackle, you gotta move because I can't see the book. <laughs> this one is called, uh, we're le- reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea you by mean 20,000 Dackles Under the Sea. <laughs> Chapter 9 Pearls and Sharks. Pearls? Sharks? Pearls and Sharks. Ah! Ooh. February began, and we were almost halfway through the Indian Ocean, approaching the island of Ceylon on the tip of the Indian Peninsula. I was in the lounge one morning reading a book about Ceylon, or, or Keelan, I'm not sure how to say that word, Ceylon, when Captain Nemo joined me. Ceylon, <clears throat> Ceylon is famous for its pearl fisheries, he said. Would you like to visit one of them? I certainly would, Captain, I replied. Fine. The fishing season does not begin until March, so we will not see any fishermen. But you will enjoy it just the same. How do you say fine? Um, that's another way to say good sometimes. How do these fishermen bring up the pearl oysters, I asked. Their methods are quite primitive. Oh, there's some oysters. Oh, cool. Why is this chapter called Pearl Sharks? Um, oh, shark pearls. Shark pearls. Pearls. Sharks and pearls. I think is what it's called. Shark pearls. Sharks pearls. Shark. <clears throat> How did these fishermen bring up their pearl oysters? I asked. Their methods are quite primitive, I'm afraid. The divers go down about forty feet while attached to their boats by a rope. A heavy stone gripped between their feet holds them down as they gather the oysters. But how long can these divers stay down without any kind of diving suit or air? Not too long, answered the captain. Some managed to stay down about a minute. But when these poor creatures return to the surface, blood is usually pouring out of their ears and noses from the pressure of the water. That is, if they come up. For there is always the danger of sharks in these waters. What? Sharks, I exclaimed. Will we be facing sharks? It is quite possible, Professor, but you'll find shark hunting very interesting, too. Shark hunting? mm, Once Captain Nemo left the room, I broke out in a cold sweat. Sharks! I whipped my forehead and looked, uh, picked up my book on Salem again. I tried to concentrate on the words, but between every line, I kept seeing the terrifying wide-open jaws of sharks. Just then, Ned and Conceal burst in. We have received a pleasant invitation from that captain of yours, exclaimed Ned. Oh, I said, so you know. Yes, answered Conseil. The captain has invited us to visit the magnificent pearl fisheries of Ceylon. Did he tell you anything else? I asked. Only that it will be very interesting, said Conseil. I realized that Captain Nemo had not told them about the sharks. Should I? What would you do? Tell them about the sharks you would. in the water, yeah. and then if they eat pearls, I think they'll mm. turn into sharks. I see you have yes. dackle on your head. No, I don't. You did. No, I don't. Yes, he's up there. I no. see him. No, this is my hair. <laughs> 
But at that moment, Conseil asked me how oysters made pearls, and I was grateful for the chance to take my mind off sharks for a while. So I began my lesson on pearls. The oyster is a small sea animal with two shells covering its soft flesh. Sometimes a tiny sea creature or a grain of sand finds its way inside of these two shells and rubs against the oyster's flesh. To protect itself, the oyster forms a hard covering over this object. Layer upon layer of this covering is built up over a period of years, and a shark is formed. A shark? cried Ned. Did I say shark? I meant pearl, of course. Does the oyster ever contain more than one pearl? asked Conseil. Yes, my boy, some oysters have contained several sharks. You mean pearls, exclaimed Conseil. Yes, of course, pearls. By the way, are you gentlemen afraid of sharks? Me, answered Ned. A long-time harpooner? It's part of my job to laugh at them. I'm not talking about harpooning them from the deck of a ship, I explained. You mean we're going to... But Ned couldn't finish his question. That's right, I said, underwater. And what about you, Conseil? If monsieur is willing to face sharks, then his faithful servant will face them too. The next morning we sat in silence as the crew rode the dinghy towards the oyster beds. We were about to get three miles from shore when Captain Nemo gave the order to drop anchor. As we were putting on our diving suits, Captain Nemo handed me a steel knife. This will be more useful to you down there than a gun, he said. Ned and Conseil had knives, too. In addition, Ned carried an enormous harpoon. Ned and Con- um, The crew helped us over the side of the dinghy. Ned and Con... I know, I, I started reading the wrong sentence. I started reading again up there, but we already read that part. The crew helped us over the side of the dinghy, and we followed Captain Nemo along the ocean floor. Pearl oysters by the millions clung to rocks all around us. We were all anxious to begin filling our sacks with these treasures that just might contain pearls. Just then, Captain Nemo... Oh, let's get to... The caption says, the pearl diver is terrified. Let's read on and see. Uh, Just then, Captain Nemo motioned for us to squat down behind a rock. He pointed to a spot about 15 feet away where a shadowy figure with a stone between his feet was descending to the ocean floor. It was a diver, probably an Indian, come in search of pearls before the regular harvest time. We watched him dive several times, drop to his knees, fill his sack with oysters, then swim up to his boat. Suddenly, while he was in the midst of tearing an oyster from the rock to which it was attached, a look of terror came over his face. When I saw a gigantic shadow appear above him, I understood his terror. A huge shark was heading towards him with his jaws wide open. I was frozen to the spot where I crouched. As the shark headed for the kill, the Indian jumped to one side and avoided its jaws. Wait. Yeah. When I think of the knife you said, I think of a silver knife. Oh. But the shark's powerful tail struck him on the chest and knocked him flat on the ocean floor. Just then, as the shark was getting ready to cut the Indian in two, Captain Nemo jumped up. With his knife raised, he headed straight for the monster, ready to fight it hand to hand. The shark... Knife to fin. Yeah, hand to fin. The shark, seeing another possible victim, turned to attack the captain. When it was just inches away, Captain Nemo stepped to the side and buried his knife in the animal's belly. Blood poured from the wound and the sea turned red. But the shark still had some fight left in it. The brave captain clutched one of its fins and plunged his knife into the creature's belly again and again. But it couldn't seem to strike its heart and kill it. 
Then suddenly the creature pushed its enormous weight against the captain and knocked him to the ground. The shark's jaws opened, ready to cut the captain in two, but at that moment, at that instant, Ned leapt forward and hurled his harpoon. The shark thrashed about in terrifying fury. Then it was still. Ned had struck its heart. Captain Nemo got up immediately and went over to the Indian. He took him in his arms and swam up to the surface with him. The three of us followed them up to the fisherman's boat. Captain Nemo gave the man artificial respiration, and he might, uh, and he soon opened his eyes. How surprised he must have been to see four helmets bending over him. But he must have been even more surprised when Captain Nemo put a bag of pearls into his trembling hands. Where had his luck come from? Then we left the puzzled Indian and made our way back to the dinghy. The moment Captain Nemo's hel helmet was removed, he turned to Ned and said, Thank you for saving my life, Mr. Lud. As the dinghy sped back to the Nautilus, we saw the dead body of the shark floating on the surface. It was well over... That says a meal for other sharks. Yeah, sharks would definitely eat a dead shark. <clears throat> it was well over 25 feet long, and its huge mouth with six rows of teeth took up one-third of its body. Within minutes, a dozen other sharks appeared and began fighting over the flesh of the dead shark. Back on board the Nautilus, I felt the need to tell Captain Nemo how much I admired his courage and his deep concern for another human being. When he answered, it was in a trembling voice. This Indian lives in a land where his people are abused by others. His kind of people are the ones I shall help to the day I die. Ah, that's the end of that chapter. The Why next, is he recording? Uh, that, so that says, the caption of that picture says, the Red Sea is a dead end. And the picture is they're looking at the continent of A-F-R-I-C-A, Africa. Africa. There's the Mediterranean Sea, the Suez Canal, the Red Sea, and that's says A-R-A-B-I-A, Arabia. So... Um, the next chapter is chapter 10, which is called An Undersea Tunnel. And we're going to stop there for today. I think the tunnel is the Kraken's Oh, Could be. Yeah, we haven't gotten to this part yet where there's, you know, the Kraken is, or at least a giant squid is in this book. It's a Kraken. Mm. And say bye, podcast listeners. Bye, podcast listeners. Is that it? Bye. Bye.